Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. Oh uh, yeah, the disclaimer made it. Audio tests. Can everybody say hi? Turn it aside, dude. What up? Bird up. Hello. 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 Um, uh, Nux I... is usually the quietest. Nux, say something. <laughs> <laughs> Turn everybody up a little bit. So, let me explain. So, I've just re-encoded everything in um, Python. Like all of our stream stuff is all now um, just a bunch of Python stuff. There's no like external uh, APIs uh, involved right now. It's all just the like the raw like connecting with Discord and Twitch. But doing this all on Linux and it's one of those things where you just don't know why, like the pulse audio driver just dies or like some random bullshit happens. So try and double check. So if something, if something weird happens, uh, just let us know in the chat and we'll be able to see. Um, but be patient because we are trying a new thing out. But hi. Anybody else here? <laughs> yeah, I'm here, you. I'm here. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, you gentle Asian. <laughs> Oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I am, you know, <laughs> doing my best after, I guess, what happened, uh, which we should probably talk about. Um, yeah, so as everybody knows, uh, we were kicked off of the YouTube. As in, like, the account was just straight terminated on Saturday night. <laughs> Thanks, Automation. Too cyber for them. The thing that we'll really kicked me off about all of it is there's the vagueness and even the vagueness in our appeal they're like yeah we've decided to just not listen to you and you're still banned yep. without any ever actually telling us what the fuck we did wrong yeah, yeah. don't reply to this either we'll go straight to the trash yeah i think um what was crazy is like there's no like there's much terrible we've spoken about like the content that's on youtube and uh we're we're hardly on the scale of like dangerous content or anything like that you know what i mean and if anything we're doing stuff to help whether you want to believe that black hat gray hat type of help is help it is all right we're not like sitting here ddosing proton mail for instance we're <laughs> kind of exposing methods that black hat and gray hat are going to use 
it's up to the companies to decide to fix their shit. We're not like going to hold their hands unless they want to pay us a couple thousand, a couple hundred thousand dollars, and then we will help. I'll I help. Swear by the G code. Man. I get a, I get six digits out of that, right, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it. So it's it's hard because, on the one hand, we just did very basic stuff. We're not like. Like nothing that we do is is very spectacular. If somebody has just been calling us soft chats a bunch in the chat, which is funny. We're not like bad <laughs> guys. But what's what's funny is that like it happened so quickly and the, the what it said was that there was like a community guidelines violation that we like somehow evoked the ire of like the community itself by having um dis like a uh, deceptive content and spam and stuff and i feel like it probably just falls under some generic category but it's frustrating when you don't really know exactly like there's not really an appeals process and so there's been a lot of talk lately though about platform censorship in general which has been you know people like alex jones and some other people were were you know harassing like uh jack from twitter like in public like you know like i heard uh there's somebody who was uh, harassing him as he was getting into like his car or limo to like get away from the court hearing the other day. And they were like, can I have, why did I get my, my Twitter verification check mark taken away? Can I get it back? Like imagine asking the CEO of a tech company for like some arbitrary privilege back, <laughs> like while they had like a, at, like a Supreme court hearing. <laughs> imagine being that deluded in yourself that you think you deserve an answer from the fucking Twitter CEO. about no. how You don't have a little special mark next to your account get the fuck over it imagine yeah. asking a cto something they don't even know yeah they but i have 300 followers <laughs> jack was like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> so yeah i mean one of the one of the, the things though that i feel like we had to kind of lay our, our standard ground on was just the fact that i mean we obviously very much support freedom of speech we also support freedom of tech companies to do what they want to do because yeah. ultimately if we were to say like i don't know i feel like this, this is a big argument that's been happening people saying that like tech companies and, and the internet in general is is somehow supposed to abide to the american con like a constitution and bill of rights even though the internet is a global thing and it's been a global thing since it started and so like it to me, I don't know. It, I, I feel like I, I would get really mad at, at YouTube and say, like, fuck YouTube or, you know, be frustrated with, with them and not use their service. But, I mean, I don't know. I've been on YouTube since 2005. Like, I've been making videos. I, like, watch videos. I don't know. It just seems like they suck that they don't want us to be on there. But at the same time, that's their choice. They're not – there's not, like, there's not some malicious person there going, fuck these guys. I'm going to end their channel right now because I don't like their content. That's – absolutely hasn't happened right it's been someone's abusing like automated reporting and some robot in the philippines has just clicked the box and went yep okay yeah and that's it right like it's there's no there's no human involved in this except for possibly a particularly insecure person that might well, be the robot in the philippines is still a person right robots aren't people yet dude <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure any Filipino people are actually human beings. They've been in the Philippines a long time. They could be some kind of clones. Who knows? Our gold chat. There. I honestly think we should put it out there for people to to do what they can in uh, 
at least making Facebook or I'm sorry, YouTube aware of the fact that they're starting to cross major boundaries and do not yeah. banning hate speech. Now they're just banning speech in general because we have never once i don't think we've dropped any zero days yet i don't, I don't think they care i honestly don't at this point they don't care they've got partner channels they've got youtube red if you if you're not making them 10 20 dollars a month then you can get fucked that's how they feel like yeah. Yeah. i don't necessarily subscribe to that because they have to they they cultivate the partners and they cultivate people with compelling content up to they don't need they don't need to do that anymore they got they, they've hired actors they're making movies they got you know they're they're a media company now they're they're rupert murdoch they're fox i mean do you really think that they have enough to sustain them throughout the years they yeah they end up- i don't think so i don't think so and i don't think they are aware that like twitch and other alternate platforms are way more popular amongst young people these days because of what youtube's doing yeah and i mean um to that point, Amazon has embraced the the more kind of deviant shows, uh, specifically ours. You'll notice that we still are pretty set to go on Twitch. Uh, whether our days are numbered, I don't know. But at the moment, they seem to be people that are um, about free speech to the extent that they allowed me to do a live stream of tour dumps with people's passwords that were slightly obfuscated and it rubbed them internally the wrong way temporarily, but ultimately is, uh, my argument prevailed. And they, 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 uh, they unblocked you after you showed them you weren't doing anything, but they, they have definitely uh, censored people. I, I believe Whitey Cracker got nuked several times really? uh, for some. And then no, I no, <laughs> the Whitey Cracker, one of the Whitey Cracker nukes was actually, he he wrote a Twitch uh, view booster bot on Twitch. <laughs> so, but he, he then did have his account, like, uh, unbanned. So, you know, well, that's pretty funny. He bought, he, bought it, he bought his account, though? He bought it his own account on Twitch. Like, he wrote the bot. <laughs> Did I, mean, he, I don't know. I, I, when you think about this, even from a company perspective, I think it's just a matter of time before the moral, you know, switch flips. So to then, be quite honest. Uh, so DNZ, just to go back on your your comment for a minute. So are you telling me that all it takes to shut a YouTube channel down is to get fifty dollars worth of bots to follow it and have it just fucking eliminated? Yeah. That sounds. That sounds like uh, zero. Not, I, think, I think. I think. Uh, I think. I think that was faith. Maybe that mention that but yeah i guess uh that's well the way that it's it looks trivial. from our, from our perspective yeah yeah like, we, it's really really easy i mean and even to the point where if you've got if you've got a video and you're in your account and your video's got like 20 views and it's got three thumbs downs out of that 20 and somebody's reported it that immediately flags it as oh this is almost certainly porn you know or something some mean thing that's being posted on 4chan that needs to be removed immediately and so they do that. And yeah. then when, if somebody reviews it during the appeals process, they don't know what they're looking at. They're like, what is this hacking? Okay. No, that's bad. Let's yeah. just point out though, that, uh, that streaming media was actually, well, all types of, of media delivery on the internet have been forefronted by porn. How do we deliver porn to people? Because that was, you know, since the nineties, well, that's been the forefront. And I guess for streaming yeah. media, you know, like funny you can, that, cam girls are old. Things like, porn tube or you porn uh 
I don't know. Have we have we ventured into that territory? I know we talked about it pretty briefly. We're gonna be. We've got all. We've got all the accounts set up so that we can have um, you know, thug crowd at Pornhub and thug crowd I'm, at. I'm gonna tell Next you. I'm getting sort of hard just thinking about the idea. So yeah, that's quite the spike you just introduced. I'm watching it right now. It's so I, I think one could argue that geeks chatting about like crazy shit is somehow a turn on to some people and prove me wrong. You porn? Absolutely. So okay. I, will, I will say that the uh, hacks are no longer floppy is uh, potentially one of the worst um, end map tutorials I've ever watched. And the best dad jokes you've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee half the people in this chat are not wearing pants right now. I'm wearing... Never mind. So, Don't do okay. that to me while we listen to I'm Dan. Wearing a thong. fucking asshole. So, the, the thing that... So, after, after the, the initial ban happened and I found out about it, um, thank, thank you, Read Me Too, for informing me because I didn't even know um, that it happened. Um, but we all got into voice and we started talking about actual real solutions for what we should do. And so you know, some of the people in chat are saying like, you know, that we can always migrate to our own platforms. And I think that that's honestly probably what will end up happening at the end of the day. I mean, as long as we can get some level of communication out, which there's infinite ways now, but there's also a ton of ways to make enough noise to be able to draw people to where you want them to go. But I think that it's just now a matter of trying to embrace the things that we do have. So we've luckily we started on Twitch. We've, you know, been able to utilize it for our purposes. And now we can just try to focus on that for a little bit while we venture out into other stuff. There are a lot of cool ways to do things though. I mean, you can, I mean, there's Instagram, Snapchat, there is Pornhub, although you can't stream to it. And I was trying to figure out how to, and I think I have to like be like Romanian or something. I don't know. I don't know how to actually get to the uh, sign up sheet. We can use those cam girl sites. Yeah, let's yeah. make that happen. Oh my god, can you? Ma- yeah, on Chatterbait, we host. <laughs> or fucking, uh, what's the other one? The chat roulette. Uh, yeah. But you already in the messy, so we're ahead there. That's all it takes. <laughs> all right. I mean, are can you stream live? Uh, can you stream live video to LinkedIn? I don't um, know. Honestly, though, I I think that there is there are because of the the ubiquity now of streaming video on pretty much every platform and the ability to embed stuff. I think that yeah. over, over the over the next few weeks and months, we'll probably end up seeing our stream in a lot of weird locations. That's all I can well, say. I mean, like HTML5 video elements, if you, could, if you could drag and drop like a piece of content into a modern HTML5 aware app, then that's trivial. And like embedding a video stream is trivial. Um, yeah. So it really doesn't matter. I think if we have the alternative of having a backup of our videos somewhere that can be easily just WebRTC streamed directly in browser with like one line of code. Um, yeah. Maybe we can that's for our viewers though. Like, so we've been looking into some various technologies that can give us a platform without giving a fuck. Um, very much kind of like some of these ISPs operate where you commit things that are questionably ethical and they'll send the abuse reports right to you instead of actually taking on action. And I think if we, if we found some distribution platforms that well, we could kind of there's do definitely, there's definitely distributed blockchain, AI, whatever keyword you want to use um, YouTube alternatives. Now there's PeerTube and DTube and a few others. Steam it. I think that's DTube. Yeah. I you need to get on uh, uporn. You could just do OSCP proctor videos. 
those, those do get me a job too. So yeah. Firing hacker gets fucked by OSCP Proctor. <laughs> so yeah, see he's next. Let's let's see hi, bro. So yeah. It yeah. created much lulls for us. So thank you, YouTube shit team. Thanks for fucking banning us, you bitches. You bunch of googs. Yeah, uh, pro tip, pro tip, everybody that ever bans me from anywhere ends up getting owned massively like a couple years later and dumped. Oh. So rip Reddit, rip YouTube, rip LinkedIn. Rip. <laughs> I love I'm it. Now. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm That's not a threat, it's just, just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay, so... um. We are very live, so I oh, mean, retract all those jokes that we just made. <laughs> so yes, I I mean okay. I think the bottom line is that we got to continue to focus on here on this stream. Um, we can play with Periscope, but we I think that something that might be in our favor is to get a Twitch partnership. Um, which we can do if you guys are doing what you're doing right now, which is watching and just chatting, shitposting, whatever the fuck, into our chat as much as possible. Um, and we'll also be just posting random ways to watch our videos. And we're going to try to, I guess, I, I feel like this whole thing is now just forced us to become more creative and work together. Um, yeah. I mean, this is probably just somebody's really shitty, stupid plot that they tried to use as a joke or a prank or to try to get at us, whatever the fucking case may be, somebody automated something because it happened on a Saturday night. It doesn't happen normally. It wasn't normal business hours. And the bottom line is thanks because now we don't have to bother with uh, multiple. Well, I think we've already given this way too much airtime. And if somebody's getting getting chubby, thinking about, oh, I reported these guys and they got they got a strike from YouTube. I'm an amazing hacker. No, dude, you're a bitch. <laughs> okay we need to isolate that later and just make that a tagline that goes at the front of the show <laughs> well, i know you right no pun intended but you right oh yeah all right so let's get into some of our news here so we got our our um our lovely show notes today so I'll throw those in the chat real quick um kaboom you wanna... oh, yeah you great Right, thanks. So that's interesting. Uh, oh no, Michael Jackson. I I thought he was deceased, but apparently not. He's in our chat. He says uh, we could look into a Netflix partnership, and I truly think we could. Uh, we absolutely could. That's crazy. Oh, I heard Netflix partnership. Were you just talking about me? Sorry, I've zoned out. Yeah, I just uh, I was talking about the comment you met in the channel, and I I think you know. It, it seems off limits for a new show or a show like ours where we're like, eh, I don't know. Uh, Netflix is, eh, I don't, all right. I hate to just reference South Park, but South Park was like, yeah, they're just kind of giving the fucking contracts to everybody. This Pretty is, much. This is a, yeah. I mean, look what, look what happened with the, with the uh, unfriended premiere. That turned out a go. lot better than we expected just by activating some contacts and putting some memes out there. <laughs> I, um, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, some of us have been on like documentaries and stuff <laughs> just by by tweeting the right thing at the right time, and it turns out someone was making a movie about it. Wow, you want to come talk to us? The people at XM and like XM Radio, I think, would be a brilliant platform for us. Um, even if we just got a shitty time slot, it doesn't matter. Truckers are like one of the yeah. 
subscribers to Axon Radio, and they're they're interested in hearing compelling content. Like the uh, say, the Art yeah. Bell like Coast to Coast crowd. Yeah, exactly. Like the, yeah. Like, I mean, and, and, and Alex Jones crowd as well. Yeah. They're on. Max header in this thing, and just you know, let's just start broadcasting it on uh, digital TV with, uh, in, you know, yeah, you know. A Raspberry Pi and a and a SDR. Plug it in. We'll give you an image, and you can broadcast to your local town. Just don't click through the terms of service for Netflix on a smart TV because it's sixty five clicks guaranteed minimum. Oh, uh, pray the pray the O away. Uh, was yeah. that in reference to the barracks controllers? Because that would be wall. Especially if they're not Say again? the what the barracks controllers, the controllers that uh, a little while ago some furries took over and broadcasted their excellent furry podcast instead of crunchy music, and uh, I still got to give them props for that. That was a great hack. Was oh, sexual. Yeah, yeah, it was like a really cool. sexual fucking <laughs> thing. But I mean, I don't doubt very many have been fixed by now. And is it actually a leak? Oh. To use a publicly available service, I I don't think it is. It's a lot of gray, it's, it's a lot of gray areas. Like, well, okay, there's, there's so, this thing on a, with, a, with a Raspberry Pi, you could plug an aerial into a, like a pin on the Raspberry Pi and start broadcasting digital television for yeah. seven bucks from your house. I think so I could be I could be making my neighbors watch this podcast right now for seven dollars. Oh, you should totally do it. I I think my point was more though. Any of our more. Uh, adventurous listeners if they want to somehow rebroadcast our stuff over terrestrial radio there's not much we can do about it to stop you yeah absolutely all right yo it's uh it's 9 53 here on the east coast so we should probably start our news because do it what's going on so yo uh first order of business um this one is interesting the u.s uh charges the north korean hacker in the sony and wanna cry attacks one guy He's dead already. Guaranteed. Yeah, totally dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's, this is not a false flag. It's not just Kim Jong Un wearing a pair of sunglasses, right? So when, one of the uh, cool things about yeah, this the floppy disk. Yeah, where's that five and a half floppy? I, I think one of the cool things about our our group that we have surrounding us and and giving us good ideas, I saw some things being floated where uh, there's some good intel that's. Uh, that's just waiting to be published that won't put anybody in harm's way. And so we got to kind of wait it out and see, are they really that dumb to actually kill this guy? If they are, there's, there's some pain in their near future. Well, I mean, the guy, like it's potential, like the, the guy who did it, who, I mean, let's let's say the guy who they've they've charged has done it. If he did disappear, and they could simply replace him with somebody else, I mean, at a nation state level, that's not a big deal, right? So we wouldn't know if the guy's dead or not. Are you are you saying they all look alike? Because I agree. No, I'm just saying we don't know what he looks like. No, that's very. I'm I'm not going to. I'm not entertaining that. That was a joke, everybody. A joke. Imagine they like gave someone who was like completely clueless to the states and just like turned him over and so like, yeah, here's the guy. Like, do you think like Trump or anyone would even be able to tell? No. It's just like it's a, it's, it's a random, it's a person, it's a number in a book, basically, you know. Just send um, some like know. guy that can't talk and rough him up and let him go. Yeah, well, they just throw him in a jail and they throw him in. in well, what G-Mo. was it? What was it? They did it in American, didn't they? Like brainwash him or beat the fuck out of him to the point where he didn't even have any memories and he like came back pretty much being special to us. Like honestly, they ain't gonna let him go. He's fucking done. 
Like, so, if you guys, um, I don't remember what the hell is leaked, but it's crazy. Did you notice that Trump announced Trump is, is making another visit? I mean, this was yesterday as well. He made an yeah. announcement saying, I want to meet with uh, Mr. Kim again. Uh, the, oh, dude, that's bullshit. He just wants to hang out with Roman. Um, <clears throat> you know, so I mean, I, I think though that the interesting part of this is that they did find a person and were able to actually put this on a single person at the, at the very least. Um, but yeah, do we have any other information about how this is actually done? Forensics, you mean? Yeah, well, what, like, the, I don't know if there's any report released. I've only read the news stories about it. I'm, so, uh, there's, there's a lot of TTPs that are known, uh, uh, tactical, whatever procedures. Somebody else knows about what the actual TTP uh, stands for. I, yeah, indicators of compromise, sure. But there was a significant amount of overlap between somebody that wasn't extremely well-versed in OPSEC or was really framed, uh, but this individual helped to uncover some really bad things that North Korea was doing, and God bless her. Right. I really hope he that would be amazing but september 6th donald trump said kim jong-un of north korea proclaims unwavering faith in president trump thank you chairman kim let's get it done together i'm going to yeah. call it and say this guy's a scapegoat yeah i mean that's to totally possible and i think another the, the other implication of that is as well as uh um uh, malware tech being blamed for wanna cry which is lol in itself is obviously now they can no longer pursue that if somebody's being charged with it already. I think that the evidence that he was involved in it revolved around the fact that he stopped it. And oh my god, nobody could possibly stop this crazy attack where all you have to do is register a domain. That's that's yeah, really strings of binary. It's, it's really, just a I mean, pretty sure I had a friend at Cloudflare mentioned that to me before he actually did it. That they saw this. So he wasn't the only person in the world that noticed it. Um it's too bad. Though. Uh, anyway, I, I have a feeling. I I reckon Kim Jong Un is personally responsible for WannaCry and Sony, <laughs> as bizarre as that sounds. And that this is a, this is a, some kind of arrangement. Like like Mr. Trump has said, look, we're gonna you know we're gonna make that whole. You got to stop hacking all the stuff, please. You can play as much StarCraft as you like. You can talk to Dennis Rodman all day long. You can smoke as much pot coin as you like, but stop with the hacking, please. Uh, Wait, you think? Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. And going over there to make a deal right now. That's exactly what he's doing. I, I, he may be saying those words, but secretly he's like, keep going, keep doing it. It's asymmetrical. Yeah. It's the, influence yeah. on majority too. And you think about production companies and Sony, that's like the biggest one you could go after. So, exactly. I mean, and it's all probably publicity gain. If it as well as gain. If they didn't well, work work with us on this fantasy hacking thing rather than just stealing money from from npcs which is what they've been doing i, um, I think though um it's pretty like sony being a really big target is you know we see it with skids trying to take down psn or we see it with you know like that kind of low, low, low level skid shit so it's is it uh crazy to think that maybe the nation states also think that they're also a good target yeah, well, that, that, there was for the, there was a reason. Like, there was a reason they went after Sony, right? It was because they were putting out that movie. They didn't just randomly go after Sony because fuck Sony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, any other any other I mean, media company? 
I, I think the movie was shit and that it was a good scapegoat as well. Another, another scapegoat. Like, I don't think that, I really don't think that the movie had anything to do with it. I think that, you really don't based off based off Kim's like fucking you know persona. You don't think that that's something they would go after because of what people would think of him if it was broadcast. I didn't. I didn't believe it either. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was false flag. And then um, I had a friend who who's spoken all around the world on Red Star Linux and he's reverse engineering of it. And he said, "No, totally. I think I think they absolutely did this." And it's like two or three guys maximum. Because yeah. if you make the Kim family look small, why the fuck wouldn't they flex back on you? To be honest. Yeah, absolutely. He's got an image to maintain. I, I just Put everybody about, in the box. How my thinking was that North Korean. I, I was thinking like my thing was like your average North Korean wouldn't watch the movie, like wouldn't see the movie. Right. There's one person in that in that country that would and has the technical capability and an internet connection, and that's Mr. Kim himself. See, I don't recall when the movie trailer started for that movie, but I do recall this very obvious fact. They specifically recalled to that movie as a movie that's declaring war on us in North Korea. And that's that's something that sounds silly, but this this uh, culture in North Korea believes those kinds of things. And uh, whether or not it was directed by Kim Jong-un, I can't say that, but it was still North Korean attribute uh, North Korean attribution um, easily done. Because they're it's, not great at covering tracks. Yeah, I didn't want to believe it either. Yeah. Well, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it at first. I was going to say it's interesting, like when you see these documentaries around North Korea, and not not specifically the American-based ones, but um, throughout the whole, like when what you what you see and what these people believe, and they have pictures of him like in their house. They worship him as a god. Like he is the idol to them. Like he is their religion. Um, he's, really, he's not. There to be shit on. He's literally I mean, a god that's known that doesn't shit. Yeah, like, yeah. That's right. exactly. crazy they hold him up to. A lot of the world is like this. If you go to Thailand right now and you try and look up a Wikipedia article about the Prince of Thailand, it'll be blocked. Just that particular article and other news stories about his antics in nightclubs in London. Um, and the Thai people just won't believe it. If you say it to a Thai person, say, did you know that you're crown prince? got busted like snoring coke off a hooker's tits in london like a month ago they'll they'll call the police and say huh. this person's spreading propaganda about the leader what the fuck the crowd banned um, on youtube and in thailand and in thailand now <laughs> oh my god does anyone anybody... like lady boys anyway all right let's go to the next news story real quick because we've been kind of on here let's just start get, talking about weird uh Shit, we just gotta get going. Uh, the next thing that we have here, I thought it was interesting. Um, the top tier app in uh, Apple's Mac Store, still in browser history. It was the Adware Doctor. Now I don't have a Mac, so I don't know anything about this. Uh, Did you guys see the follow-up to that? You um, where they actually banned Trent Micro? Uh, Apple banned Trent Micro. Or... Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, Trent's put out a, a statement now, which is a bit of hand wavy bullshit that says, well. In the in the license agreement, in the fine print that the user agrees to, it says we're going to do this. And we're going to send some information for telemetry and indicators. Because people read that blah, 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 blah. garbage these days. Well, I, I, think, I think those days are over. Are over with. Like 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 judges and, and magistrates and stuff are not are not ex- accepting that as an answer anymore. Like oh no, they 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 forgot to untick the box that says that we can collect all their data. Uh, and the courts are like, yeah, yeah no, go fuck yourself. Uh, 
Cambridge I mean, Analytica, all of these people. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. You can't do that anymore. Look at the name. Park thing. Oh, sorry, DNZ. Go ahead. Look at the name of this app that is on the App Store. Adware Doctor. Who who installs Adware Doctor? Like, I don't go uh, to the anybody app store over the like, age of fucking thirty five yeah, probably dad, installs Adware Doctor. Dad. That's the fucking problem. Is like the gen gap they're looking at as a whole. Like, fuck, man. Anybody who's looking at doctor fix those terms is a fucking sleeper, and it happens, and it's gonna happen to us, and we're like in that age where it's like it's almost our responsibility to translate what the hell these terms mean because anymore like it's just a fucking ton of garbage it's not our responsibility the boomers went and like completely fucked the next political ecosystem why should we help them oh they fucked us too i'll agree with them like economy are all to blame i i I tell boomers all the time buy trend micro buy and norton buy both of them install both of them at the same time and just fucking click everything that, that it t- tells you to click. Just keep doing it forever. <laughs> I tell them this that sets up my retirement, thing. right? I'm 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 planning for my retirement by ensuring that they stay trapped in this yeah. matrix. Where are you invested then, Faith? What, what stocks are we looking at here? I'm, I'm invested in uh, anyone that's been on this podcast in the last few weeks talking about like military grade technology. I'm invested in them. Hey, um, so just about that, like talking uh, about that kind of stuff in general, I think is a huge market. That might be something that we do occasionally um, as secret shows. And so you can follow the secret shows by either following the Patreon stream or following us directly on uh, on the yep, Twitch account. Absolutely. If you want, you want access to like the thug tube, the secret thug tube, uh, that's, uh, hey, we want to we want to see some Patreon green. I mean, looking here, uh, this is the so porn section. Send us like thirteen dollars and thirty seven cents. Go ahead. You'll be you'll so, be in um, here at that point. With with this with this app stuff though, like so apps are vetted on the App Store, which we've like we know that uh, the vetting isn't isn't all that strong. I mean, yeah. code obfuscation is pretty easy, and. You know that that's gonna make it past your your average you know uh, code vetting guy. If you can in, inject backdoors with single characters and shit like that, like it's not a big deal. Like we've seen flaws in OpenSSL where uh, not using a curly brace and adding indentation was was extremely significant. Um, you know what I mean? So I think uh, this is likely in a lot more apps than we've seen. I think one of the biggest things is uh, noted in the article that once the data is collected, it's zipped and then sent to a domain based in China. That was probably the giveaway. Well, I thought they said technically it's an Amazon machine. So I just yeah, briefly looked at the article before. Amazon China is a separate region. And you need to, if you're outside of China, you need to apply to uh, have the China region activated on your account. So not anyone can provision an Amazon China box. Yeah. I wonder how if this uh for, for like enterprise trend micro whether there's just some consumer shit that they're doing for Apple and end user stuff or whether there's like enterprise installs that are that are zipping up collecting system information and then zipping it with a buzzword and sending it off to some server somewhere. Pretty hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we talk about password protected files here for a second? Yeah, you guys, you guys see what I posted like on uh, cell and sheet protection? I, yeah, that's a good one. We should totally talk about it. I just want to talk about something that Pray the ODOA said. I I think the gloves are kind of off, and we can. The last thing that you mentioned, I think we can talk 
pretty frankly about that. But maybe not. Yeah. Now is a good time. Maybe, maybe not now. But yeah, trend is not. I mean, they're not. It, they're enterprise class sometimes. But yeah, it looks like they've chosen like consumer shitty world. I think there's a lot, there's a real complex thing going on there, but I do think uh, the fact that the Apple Store was willing to ban not only that top three, um, yeah, infraction, but they also said, "Hey, wait a minute, the fucking trend micro people are siphoning that off too. They're booted as well." And I, I really, I like seeing that this morning because that means that they're not uh, playing favorites. Amazon, please set an alarm for 6 a.m. Saturday morning. Amazon, Amazon, please send all contacts to owned at stack. I'm, I'm coming in via Lambda on three. It's fine. <laughs> hey, so um, the next story that we have here, I want to, kind of, it's kind of related to what you were saying, Zaf, about, um, like, I guess, the, the generation gap of, of uh, technology. Um, this is the UIDAI ad hoc software that was hacked the id database was compromised and i was it was interesting because i don't know anything about this software until i read this article um but people had released a, a patch to basically be able to bypass the biometric data the entry that you would need to do to sign up for an account and to get access to other people's accounts and so this is everybody's information but you can access it through biometrics um, but there are people who, you know, are not connected. They don't have technology. The, the the technology that you would need to actually connect to this and do the biometrics, and people were able to like basically take it's, over their stuff. It's fucking disgusting. Like, yeah, pretty wild. I don't want to like you know interrupt you by any means, but who the fuck thinks biometrics in the first place is a good form or layer of security to have in place on any fucking layer? California. California. California DMV. Well, you need to move the fuck out of there then, Dan, because that's a joke. It's the only place that was a safe haven, so I guess I'm moving to a different country then. Fucking nasty. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's it's interesting because this is like, as you're trying to move people onto, it's just, it's like similar to the Equifax thing, but I feel like it's as you're moving people onto the 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 internet to be able to access their data, their benefits, their identity. You know, basically, the I guess the the bringing everybody on on board at the same time with something like this it just seems like a bad idea from the get go, where you're not going to have everybody be able to validate themselves in a way that is actually secure, and it just seems like I don't know who would I don't know I don't know how this would have actually gone out this like application. It's really fucked up because if you think about it from a security perspective, like who approved this move in the first place, like. Was someone actually responsible from like a change request standpoint to give approval to do so? That's that's what disturbs me a lot of the time is like uh, how corporations operate and whose word they listen to, or if they're listening to anybody at all, or if they're just pushing for you know the bigger gains. Yeah, no, I mean it just it seems unfair. It's just unfair to like let something happen where you can just sign up. Like there's no like there's no physical like personal verification process it's just like it's like sim swapping but like irl <laughs> just being able to very quickly and easily just take over someone's entire identity so yeah. on that note like just thinking like it'd be kind of fucked up if at some point like the site major cyber insurers like actually started like 
knowingly accepting these risks because they, they knew shit would get hacked, right? Like if yeah. people started like gaming cyber insurance. Yeah. No, that that's another thing too. That's very easy, easy to do. Take out some giant policy. Releasing something on like, you know, hack forum or something is the same thing as setting fire to the banana stand, you know? So just getting rid of it all. And like like yeah. Equifax profited after their breach. Yeah. That, that is so uh, sneaky. Like you talk about the TOS agreement and like what they were doing as far as the check. And it's such a yeah. fucking game. It's fucking gross. I, I hope that uh, the hackers in watching the Equifax breach and the fallout and where they are right now, um, starting to realize like what a predatory, scummy kind of industry they are and, and how they're all connected to a bunch of other scummy people. Um, and when they fuck up, no matter how big it is, Nothing really happens to them. Well, yeah, um, they're still using Struts, right? Uh, so there was the new Struts bug that came out that we spoke about last week, and I think uh, Dan was pretty spot on when he said that uh, it's going to get used again against, you know, the new bug will be used against the old targets and we will see cycles. Nothing will change. They are owned but again. It doesn't matter how many times, like, a zero day in a particular platform comes out and people like us can scream. We could say, look, this is a nation state backdoor. Obviously, stop using it. They, they still will keep using it forever. Uh, at some point, you just have to put your heads up and say, all right, Dr. Strange love this shit, man. Yeah, I think we're all here because we don't want to be those people, though. I think that like we're all here to give a moral standing on what we think is right and good. And- how many times do you have to like point, like, how many times do you have to patch a struts at zero day on like your internet banking front end? Or somebody raises in like a weekly stand-up meeting. Have we considered not using struts? Maybe. Plenty of times, but you know, are you going to influence change? Or are you going to continue the pattern? This is—I thought this is why we were using open source was to get away from this kind of being walled in with like dinosaur legacy application servers and stuff that we can't change because we paid a multi-year contract and blah 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 blah. blah. No, we are uh, here. We have a voice. I'm not trying to shoot on you either. Yeah. So this uh the next chat the next article we have though is uh pretty relevant to some lols that we had a couple of months ago. Yeah, so our friends at Poffit Squad um oh, good Lord. have uh <laughs> have uh, gotten arrested. One of them did at least. Um Optics, aka whatever the heck his name was. Um he got owned. And so the funniest part was that this happened because he was using Proton Mail while he was DDoSing them. And he was, they were doing all their stupid shit, like uh, calling out bomb threats and, and, you know, terrorizing schools and planes and doing some really, really bizarrely weak, yet somehow powerful enough to take down Proton Mail DDoS attacks. Um, yeah, they were using Proton Mail on that taunting Proton Mail. And yeah, they got on. Yeah, I think they, uh... I think they might have made IRC lag for, you know, 12 minutes. Is Proton still down, by the way? Anybody know? So no. Did we have him on the show? Well, he, he did come on. Uh, not not this guy, the other guy. They came on. Um, but they were going to talk about what they were doing, and they didn't end up actually talking, although they're in the voice chat listening. We should uh, – wait, they're in the voice chat? Oh, they were. So, so, so we're banned on YouTube, and we've got uh, people in jail. Cool. 
Well, it's not necessarily because we didn't, you know, we didn't say anything. They're doing their oh, thing. But yeah. they, you, the thing is that if you are somebody who wants attention like that and you seek out attention and you seek out people like us to get attention, you yeah, might attention that you don't want. I mean, don't, uh, I, I don't know. We joked about it in the chat. Like, yeah, come, Dinos is, go crazy. <laughs> Use yeah. all your bots. Here, I'll give you the IP and the port. Do yeah, it. Nobody's dropped it. yet. It's weird. <laughs> and, then they, and then they do it, and then they wonder, like, what, what amazes me is, like, a lot of these kids that have squad in their name or, or stressor.net in the URL, their first target seems to be Brian Krebs, always. Yeah. And then they get arrested very quickly. He's and obsessed. they keep doing it over and over again. I don't know why they keep... I don't know. It's it's like sticking your dick in honest nest. I don't know why they do it. I'm saying... <laughs> It comes down to kind of one of the three rules I have, at least, is don't fuck with government, don't fuck with uh, money, large scales of money, and don't fuck with ego. Like, you hear that? Don't try to touch me. Coming straight yeah. from Dan. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> and don't fuck up. It's just, it, to me, I don't know, there's just the, the generation of people that the lol cow finds. <laughs> Which, is he in here? No, he's not. Um... I don't know. I mean, it's just, I understand the want, the need for wanting to like say what you're doing. It's a, but I think I mean, we have a great example in our Twitch chat right now. This guy telling us how boring we are and that he's trying to get our attention. Like, I wasn't going to give him any attention, but uh, stop it. No, guy. shut the there fuck up, DNC. Uh, fuck that. I find, it, fuck that I find kid. it totally, totally See, hilarious. Bro. Like, look at this ego, lol. Mm. But no, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like yeah. if you do something, I, I guess just don't don't use the service of the platform that you're DDoSing to mess. Well, that that goes with yeah, that goes without saying. That's like using Amazon EC2 instances to try to take down Amazon.com. You slow Loris because you're a sloth and you're on the bandwagon. The thing is, they were also hosting their site on uh, Blazing Fast, and it took me exactly 20 minutes to convince Blazing Fast to put me on that same 24. Right. And easily just ARP sniff and and see exactly what they were doing. I mean, you can just, these kids when they when they when they come at us and you, and you just say, "Hey, ding dong, do you know what BGP is?" and they go, Bleh. "They have no idea." At that point, you just ignore them and go, "All right, harmless." I mean, they're harmless to me, but if they harm someone else, they're going to get in trouble. So I took it to uh, it's out, out of our hands at that point. Like we try, we try our best. So Level that that which will not be named, go ahead and fuck with us. Fuck you. You're a scrub. Yeah. I mean, seriously, go ahead and DDoS our IRC server. We literally don't give a fuck. It's a, the, yeah, it's just, a hang place. Like, it doesn't cost us anything. It takes us five seconds to put a new instance up. We can put 500 new instances up for free immediately if we can be bothered to spend five minutes on it. Oh, man. Back up in redundancy. Let's talk. Let's talk. All right. Yo, before we start uh, trying to get people to actually DDoS us, which is <laughs> annoying to fucking deal with when you're just trying to chill and have a nice night, um, let's move on to the next part, which actually does have to do with DDoSing. But it's uh, unpatched routers that are being used in a vast proxy army that also spy on networks. So people were using uh, some Vault 7 tools to hack into some microtic stuff. Um, Currently, 370,000 uh, microtic uh, routers that were vulnerable and have been used for all sorts of weird stuff. Microtic who? Is that how it's pronounced? For real? I've been being like, thank you. Yeah, I'd say it's a very weird. So I like it. 
So uh, I, I think yeah. like so these are just like Linux boxes that are unpatched because they're classic routers, like mm, nothing totally special. But uh, the malicious sucks proxy port on forty one fifty three. That's suspiciously similar to something that uh, we stumbled on. Yeah, I mean reusing your your same anything is just gonna get you quickly associated to other criminal things be smart like if you're really going to do this and i i'm not trying to advocate that they do but be smart about it don't fucking reuse infrastructure don't reuse emails like or passwords even like it's so easy to track people via passwords just uh, be smart about it stop stop being silly goose (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah the next uh story that we have in here is the british airways that was uh it was some data theft. Um, and this happened through a car, card skimming malware that was on its website from November 2017 till February of 2018. Um, so they grabbed a bunch of credit card data from them. And yeah, you use British Airways. Uh, help. There's 380,000 cards for compromise, which is quite a lot in that short period of time. I don't know. I, like, Wait, what, who is this again? British Airways. This is just with some malware on their site itself. So I sent them a reply saying, hey, how many customers have you had over the past year? And knowing full damn well, it, they didn't just get breached on August 20th. There's no way. It's no. probably been for like a year now. Yeah, well, this is malware that's specifically on this website that they had claimed or they talked about in this story specifically. Um, they're mm-hmm. Maybe also, I mean, obviously, it's not, you don't just hit somebody with one thing, you know, just call it a day. Exactly. I would argue that that kind of stuff is uh, is more important to look at than yeah. looking to ban a, a podcast that's bringing awareness to it and arguably uh, positive awareness to it. Yeah. Um, somebody asking, how do they put the JS file onto the server? I mean, they could have found some remote... They could have found some like CMS login or something, or they could have found some uh, sort of there, there was that the mage cut. There was the huge um, Magento thing. I think we spoke about that. Last oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, there's like been a whole bunch of recent breaches. I mean, who knows? It was probably like you know a WordPress plugin. Like, well, let's just make our, our airline website on Joomla or some PHP app or something. Like, it's as dumb as that sounds. It happens. Yeah. Um, one second. So the next story that we have in our little feed here. Um, so this one was interesting too. The chain shot malware uh, was found by cracking a uh, 512-bit RSA key. So basically, somebody was using um, some weak encryption here, and their uh, their malware was decrypted. What's the uh, what's the time on cracking 512? It's that's pretty that's that's pretty piss weak. Like I mean, yeah. yeah. 24 is like default for almost everything and most mm-hmm. security people you know are going above and beyond that just because muscle memory when they type it i guess like yeah i mean like it yeah so it says you basically well i, was, I, I thought they had said that they had how they did it but yeah it just says you just rent cloud dictionary right the dictionary not key space brute right yeah it's like very very small so their their lead password was just like all lowercase a's or something, right? Yeah, 
Um, no, pretty pretty funny though that somebody's uh, would you? I don't know why you would use that or how you would have gotten that. Uh, even if you're trying to create an RSA key, like that's not even the default, right? Like, what? Are, what I don't know how they would have generated this key. That's There's fine. all kinds of weird PHP key generator dumbass stuff out there. <laughs> Let you do yeah. whatever you like. I don't know. They're gonna create a really dumb password. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And then like really dumb to doing it. Yeah, and then they uh, they use that. So this was the uh, key used to uh, communicate with the C twos as well. So oh my god, really? Take yeah, it was just take the whole thing. Like thanks for thanks for all your uh, thanks all for your all the shows. Yeah, cheers. So that was five twelve bit RSA. Did you say? Yeah. So like you know the nineties called and uh, no, no earlier that what the eighties maybe RSA. Oh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the last uh, item we have on our news list here, I thought was funny. Um, some researchers had figured out how to hack Tesla's locks in under two seconds, they say. Well, not Talk about SSH keys? Fuck, man. Like key fob for Tesla, like key fob for the cars. Yeah, it was a straight up SSA scan, wasn't it? Public and private mm -hmm. keys. No, no, no. This oh. is, this is um, for car key, like keys, like key scan. Oh. The, the video shows somebody um, putting a Proxmark, I believe it's a Proxmark, right next to the uh, door panel to get the um, the challenge. They mm -hmm. walk down the beach. They find the guy sitting on a uh, on a bench or whatever, put the, the RFID uh, Proxmark thing close to his pants and without him realizing it, technically steal the key for the, the challenge or the response, I guess. And go back to the uh, Tesla and own it. I loved how easy they made it seem too. Like this is yeah. a train of thought everyone has. That kind of cracked me up watching the video. The funny thing to me was they they could have done it a lot more uh, sneaky and actually just taped a Proxmark to the uh, charging station and just harvest it right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they could have a long range long range sniper rifle kind of thing. I mean, they're also using the, in yeah, the video, they're using away. the, uh, they're using the original Proxmark, which is actually huge compared to like the later versions, like the later ones you can palm, you can bump into people and you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, like holding a uh, magician, holding a playing card. You guys were talking about Proxmarks a couple of weeks ago, right? I forget who it was. It was on here, but I'm pretty sure uh, it was like the Proxmarks. What's yeah. up? That was Nate Baby, who's actually in our chat right now. Um, okay. Interesting thing about that, that uh, Tesla key. It's a it was a forty bit key, um, which is really easy to to uh, acquire. It's a fucking um, Caesar cipher. Well, exactly. Um, Matt Green uh, reversed that in two thousand five. Uh, I forget what it was on, but it was literally the exact same thing. Um, so it was kind of kind of amazing that that persisted into twenty eighteen. I think honestly, if everybody just took a look at exploits from 2008 and prior, uh, you're going to find a lot of stuff can be used again today because we've made the same mistakes over and over. Yeah. To, to Tesla's credit, though, give a shit. And Tesla actually did. They had a mechanism to report this, and you know, it can hopefully get fixed, but uh, other manufacturers uh, as receptive. I just want to get as high as SpaceX. 
Damn. I just want to sit across from Joe Rogan and stare him in the eyes and watch him exploit me. <laughs> um, all right, yo. So yeah, we have a couple of or a few good reads in the uh, good read section of our show notes, which if you guys haven't seen it, it's right here. Throwing this in here. Um, don't beat the trolls. Um, yeah, there's actually some really funny ones. I, I like that RQ, you shared this one. Um, BSD puts Ret Guard in the last functions in their kernel. Um, so now there's like no ROP gadgets that are in BSD's kernel proper, which is pretty cool. Um, so that was, some... uh, sorry, that Ret Guard, that was um, the, the Theo was saying, uh, uh, what was what was the other thing? Wrap and GR security. So Theo and Theo had a big, you know, uh, Theo and Spender had a nice long uh, email with the difference between uh, Rap and, and NetGuard. And uh, yeah, they both apparently kill Rop, but I believe there's uh, methods you can find in Frack that will still defeat those in different ways. You might need to, to play a bit, but yeah. So I it'll, it'll stop uh, Metasploit for now, I guess. Oh, shit. Um... But yeah, no, it, it's just interesting to see that that was their the ways that they're actually approaching kernel security um, and actually trying to mitigate rock gadgets, which is pretty interesting to just see how they actually, I want to know more about how I guess you develop that kind of code in the future. Um, yeah, um, yeah, there's a couple other good ones here too. Um, the, the weird one, the really scary one, was something that Herman had shared. Um, somebody installed spyware on, on like their roommate's app or their friend's app, and they were just like spying on them and giving out that information to like all their classmates. And there's like a group, uh, like a secret group chat that they were sharing like information from this person's phone and like just shitting on her. It just literally like this like Black Mirror episode. It, I don't know. But take a look at that if you guys want to. Um, yeah, we should probably get into the, uh, actually it's 10.30 now. We literally just made it in time for the, <laughs> I thought we were going to take a long time for the news. Um, yeah, so, talk time. Uh, oh my God, it's Michael Jackson, are you there? Oh no, is Michael Jackson, are you there? Hey, I'm there. Hey, Hello. yo, so yeah, um, so a chaotic news segment here, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we're interested in, in Speaking with you, I know that. So we've been, we, me and you've been talking um, for a little bit about what you do and some of the stuff that you wanted to talk about with us. So I guess do you want to kind of like go over like who you are and what you do, you know, what you want to share. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Michael Jackson. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm famous for Thriller, um, some other, some other funky albums. Uh, no, so I, I do IR. I'm just some random guy, not really an expert. I only know what I know. But uh, lately, I've been working with virtualization a lot lately, uh, especially in cloud environments. Um, so, like, I joined this company recently. I left from a telco, and they wanted me to spearhead IR and stuff. And they'd already made the decision that they're migrating their existing VDI solution and a couple of data centers uh, completely cloud. Uh, yeah. So I've just been working on like automation and uh, the IR space lately. Oh, he, he speaks my language. God damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's really it. Okay. Um, 
No, sweet. So, I mean, they kind of just want to go through, I remember that you had shared with me some notes, I guess. So do you want to kind of educate the people who are listening right now about what it is you're talking about when you talk about VDI, um, virtualization, and just virtualized environments as a whole? Uh, sure. So um, basically, VDI is just the acronym Virtual Desktop Infrastructure. So like anyone who's like not living under a rock knows what like cloud is, right? Um, there's so basically it's just like a whole bunch of like virtual machines in somebody's data centers somewhere like Amazon, for example, they have like six or seven of them and a whole bunch of services that they offer. Mm -hmm. um, but some organizations, they, for whatever reason, they either don't want to be in a cloud. It could be, um, data regulations, like they can't have it in the cloud for whatever reason, or they can't have it in a certain uh, country where it's host part of the data is hosted or so they'll eventually just uh, instead of having all their own physical machines the like and manual managing everything like individually like one by one they'll just like cluster it and they'll actually make their own internal cloud basically okay. and a lot of times people can fuck it up and that's kind of what I was just gonna talk about some of the major fuck ups that I've seen in oh, yeah. common <laughs> configs yeah, because like, you know, like when you're thinking about like hacking, right, in general, you're usually looking like either you're looking for some like shitty misconfig and like something or you're looking for some gaping hole. Um, but often the biggest gaping holes are the ones that are like, already. Yeah, the ones that are like intentionally there, like for the users. You mean like on Pornhub, the gaping hole? <laughs> that was my shitty joke. Sorry. Yeah. No, like, for example, um, like, the biggest one that I'm thinking of is, like, some VDI solutions, for example, like, you'll download, like, a software client to let you log in and actually, like, view screen, like, and, like, see your desktop. Um, and you can just copy and paste between the hypervisor, like, like, you like, just, like, what do we just copy shit, just, like, copy, paste, right, like, right between, like, your machine and your desktop. Like, you just exfiltrate data, like, just by copying and pasting. And, like, once you like reboot the machine there's basically no evidence unless you have like some pretty granular packet capturing going on right and yeah like there's some like some other ones that i'm thinking about too like for example um people will often uh, spin up like amazon workspaces for like dev stuff mm -hmm. like if you don't know what workspaces is it's uh it's basically like a really really easy to use uh, VDI solution. A lot of the hard work's uh, been done by Amazon. You just click a few buttons and you can spin up your own virtual desktop. Yeah. Uh, but they won't put 2FA on, right? Like you could just like brute force it. There's some like, I've seen some shitty brute force uh, scripts for like their client somewhere. And like, you can, assuming your dev picked a bad password or doesn't have 2FA, you'll, you'll eventually get in, right? And it's going to be the same as RDP brute forcing, but the only difference is people aren't often logging their uh, view controller uh, session or whatever. So, yeah, you talk about like 2FA, are you doing this on a IAM level or are you doing this through a third party API? I am. You can just use like yeah. RSA tokens or. See, and that's that's yeah, that's some dumb shit because to be honest, like MFA has never been made so easy as far as AWS goes, and I think it's really fucking lame that people don't enable that stuff to begin with. Yeah, it is really fucking lame. Like especially when you gotta like manage tokens for like a whole bunch of people that don't believe in the value that it has. Like it gets really annoying. People are like losing. Hey, he's um... talking about baby boomers again. 
Yeah, man. The fucking old people at work are the worst. Like these mm-hmm. guys, like always. Like, oh, I don't want to bring my phone with me. I just want to walk in and have my desk phone, and I'll pick up my calls and I'll go home at Dude, five o'clock. All right, I have a I have a story for you, real quick, and I'm not gonna interrupt your talk here, but please it'll go. It'll be like thirty seconds, and they'll just be like, "All right, I had this lady who's like sixty plus years old. She gets hired out of the state of California because like she's worked with the federal government and she's done what she can, and she has leeway there." But this lady, I was like asking her, and she had like. 40 emails in an outbox and i was like what are you using to send your emails and she's like oh i'm using owa <laughs> i said oh my fucking god so like i update her machine which had been up for 18 fucking days to begin with and i was just like my god like why are we still hiring people that are this fucking old that don't understand security yeah like rough, rough. It's not even that they don't understand security, right? Like, not everyone's going to be a security expert, but, like, if you're dumb enough to not fucking listen to them, like, you're not going to not listen to the finance people when they tell you, like, yo, you got to do this, like, report or some stupid shit. But, like, why is it that all of a sudden when it comes to security, we say, like, hey, having your dog's name or your kid's name as your password is a bad idea because it's easy to get. Like, yeah, like birthdays can be processed in in a matter of seconds, and that's disturbing. Like, I forget who it was, to be honest. If anybody knows, go ahead and shout out. But it was like a 1080, and you could process birthdays for the past, like, 100 years in, like, five seconds. So if you're using birthdays as a password, you're a fucking dumbass, especially if you're just using straight plain text digits. There's these times where, like, I have incidents, and for whatever reason, I'll I'll straight up, like, ask the user, like, what was your password? And they'll tell me some bullshit like, oh, it's my kid's name and the year they're born. But I'm not going to tell you the year they're born in because it's secret. I'm like, that's all right. That's all I needed to know. It's a secret that's for yeah, 20 I, seconds, Max. All I need just uh, Google uh, Facebook your kid. Like, oh, look, they put their birthday public. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, Michael Jackson, I kind of wanted to roll back a second just because I wanted to kind of, I looked at, I, was, I found your notes that you had sent me, and I wanted to just ask you a question about something. Um, so why do organizations actually use this service? Because you're, you're talking about, you know, people who are using it that might not know exactly how to use it. Like when we're, when you're talking about AWS and, and you know, deploying like EC2 instances or deploying ser- like, um, other services and stuff, that's usually developers and sysadmins that are doing that, right? But why would people be using the VDI stuff, and why would organizations want to deploy that across their environment? Like, I guess, what are the benefits to it? Cost-effective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really it's really cheap when you do it well. Uh, keyword, when you do it well. Uh, okay. So, like, consider manpower, right? Like, your typical IT organization. You tip, historically, you have, like, five, six guys and they're servicing the business and you've got all these physical desktops that you've got to like, well, there's an issue. Yeah. You got to go make sure the cable is not fucked. And like, you got, sometimes you have to actually move the box or whatever. Like you got, you still got to pay someone by the hour for that. Right. So sometimes when people are thinking about the cost of like managing it, they're only thinking about like the $300 to buy a box, which it is cheaper in that sense. But when you consider the manpower and like to service, like a service well, but B service a whole, large-scale enterprise, VDI makes that so easy because not only can you automate it, but you can get really granular with, like, how you're managing your resources. Okay. Yes. Quick question. Like, what is the what is the average latency like, though, in using these VDI services? Like, is it – if I'm – if I'm – I mean, like, uh, if I'm a terminal guy and I'm typing in my terminal, um, like, from my keystroke to what I see, what are we, are we expecting? 
So I, I got to be honest, I use Amazon Workspaces as a daily driver, and it is very, very smooth. We did a good implementation. Uh, so if you read some of the documentation, which it's kind of shit, but I've read it all, so I can, I, I remember some things. Um, so when you're designing your rollout with Workspaces, they tell you, you keep it in a VPC across two regions uh, with it's just saying you have like optimal connection and you're going to have, uh, if it's over a hundred milliseconds of ping, then Amazon starts giving you health check warnings and stuff. But, uh, usually from what I've seen, it could be like hey, hey, 10 hey, to hey. like 50. I'll stop there. What else can you do with health checks as far as, um, variables go? With health That's checks? Watch. Yeah. And CloudWatch particularly, you can actually like, like I just learned this today. You can log, uh, like your main, I don't know what the actual term is, but like, I'm just going to call it like your front door, uh, like the app that your users download to log into workspaces, uh, using CloudWatch, you can actually like log for like brute forces and stuff of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's really it. Like you can look for like spikes in your resources. Um, if someone was like spinning up random shit, you'd be able to see it. So uh, you said there was an app to download to access it. Are we talking like something we can run on a thin client? But like, like how, what kind of resources does the desktop thing take? I think that's exactly what he's talking about is like PC over IP devices. Yeah, so there's there are actual thin clients. Like I have thin clients too, but I'm talking like an actual like software application. That like you just download it. And one thing with that, um, it's like, it's the same software application, like across so, all deployments. The only thing that varies is like the connection details. So if you knew what you were looking for, like if you like, you knew like X shitty organization had VDI, like go through their help, their public uh, like help desk docs. The odds that you'll see their view connection servers or whatever uh, configuration information, it's probably out there because their users bitch a lot. It's really interesting to me because like the last time I used PC over IP was being like, you know, teller fucking idiots and they were using it on like the front line and finance. And we'd pull out like EBGA and clients and we'd say like PC over IP. And at that point in time, it was all um, VMware based infrastructure. And you'd set that all up to be like network, port traffic, where it is, where it, where it can go. And then, um, you know, that, that was all self-contained though. So I've, I, I literally have no experience from AWS as uh, PC over IP standpoint. And from what you're saying, it seems like a hell of a lot of that is automated to this day. And I think it's like very, um, it's intriguing to me, especially that you elaborate on that and how that's managed and what you can and can't put in place and how simple they make it. Absolutely. So first off, Horizon View fucking sucks. Um, it is terrible. I don't recommend anybody uses it. Um, but that being said, Workspaces has its pros and cons. Um, so it's an extremely stable, extremely smooth experience. Uh, like your videos are like your video stream is going like really, really crystal clear. Uh, and especially on a thin client, like most my users don't even understand that their thin client isn't their computer. Uh, like like they if you tell them to reboot their machine, they like they just like power down the thin client, like expecting it I'm to be back to the network. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but it, it's when it's well implemented, it is a solid experience. That being said, there's some issues with it, and mainly I take that from documentation and Amazon's lack of attention to how admins are going to use it. So it literally is that simple. If you want to play with it, you can spin up a, like a four gig VM for free. Uh, it's like a free tier with AWS. You can just play around with it. Uh, 
you can use their uh, simple AD, which is already Amazon managed. Um, but right, you can also bring, directory as a service. Yeah, uh, they deal with like the directory connectors and all that shit. You just spin it up, connect. Um, but if you want an actual full scale deployment, uh, there's a variety of ways you can do it. You could uh, you could use your own AD. You could use Amazon managed AD, or you can just spin up the single shitty box. So um, on the thin yeah. clients, like uh, like MJ, when are you bringing out a bad thin client? He's muted. That's all right. Yes, I'm muted. There's a bunch of kids. I have no idea, but that sounds fun. <laughs> He's also a wrangler in his part time. Oh, sorry. I, I just had a shoehorn in a quick question. As far as forensics go, um, on something like the cloud infrastructure, Amazon or Google, what um is it first of all possible to do things like uh uh unallocated space recovery? Uh, I can't imagine it's that easy, um, but I've never really heard anybody address that in full detail. Um, it's really not easy, and I gotta be honest, like I'm not some forensics god either. Uh, the one time I had to do it, I asked a senior admin to do it for me, and he came back like three hours later and said, "Just RDP this host and pull it. Here's the dumps. Don't ask me how." Oh, okay. Uh, but like he he was fucking around with uh, VMware pretty heavily. Uh, like he uh, he said if i remember correctly like he actually like accessed the infrastructure resources directly and like went to the particular logical units where he expected it was and he straight up like dumped it so can i i want to ask you i want to ask you from sorry hold on one second so in the end was he actually able to get what you were looking for for friends uh yes i think so Really? Okay. Interesting. So that's uh, that's something new. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know, like, on on a low level, like how much was fully recovered, but like for what I was, I ended up finding what I was looking for in memory. So, so yeah, I think you could have missed then, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. No worries. I have a good question. Like, as far as some specialists and SOC people go, how far do you see them lasting in the industry? Given Sick. what's what's available to you in AWS and what you can and can't do, if AWS had their own sim, there they'd be basically fucked. <laughs> uh, like I can tell you, as like, I've been looking for a sim for about five months now, they are all the same shit and just different piles and different smells and ages. That um, and they're all like I've noticed they're very resource intensive, and I don't think they're something that you're gonna easily deploy or write custom rules around so that's why i would like kind of wanted to ask you from that perspective what you thought yeah um so really when you're deploying a sim on workspaces um i i just did it the same way i usually would have just left one server and then from that point like you have your log collector just dump it all into your sim um i've been messing around with like logarithm a bit lately uh in the past i used splunk but I've also been looking at like some other shit like Q-Radar and that looks like a pain in the ass to manage and I've heard it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've never even used Q-Radar myself, but I, I don't know why I even reached out to IBM, but uh, it, it was, they, they're really grilling me. They're like offering some pretty competitive pricing. So like just from the business decision alone, it, it's going to be like hard for me to justify getting a sim for such a small team. So... Q like, rate, we think, or, uh, uh, or logarithm, though. 
in the instant really like for a small team like it's pretty necessary technology but for a small team like five people when you're when you're making that like proposition to your business and you're saying like hey spend like three hundred thousand dollars a year on my sim for five people that only five people are allowed to look at they're gonna be like what what the heck i don't really understand this uh so you gotta be able to like convey that value to them and they already understand cloud like like because like we've just migrated our shit there but there's already enough like business friendly material about cloud and all that stuff that if you just called it some new AWS service and said we really need it, they'd probably it's probably an easier sell. Oh, far uh, sorry, go ahead. I, sorry, I just wanted to shout out to Seamonster as well, which is like built up on uh, some open source tools and some other stuff. So if you're looking for uh, a smaller solution, I think they scale as well. But uh, yeah, Seamonster. Seamonster. Like S I E M monster. Okay, I'll check that out. It's just uh, this is an, it's an alternative, um, and it's uh, by guys is uh, has a few good DEFCON talks to check out as well by the same guy. So, yeah. How far out do you see Kubernetes as a service being a you know critical part of LXX? Shit, uh, I, I don't even know. Yeah, that's kind of like what I I've been digging at lately, just because it's. You know, it's stuff I want to know, especially on the scale level, how how fast and how you know mission critical you can do these things. It's yeah. uh, a little extensive, but it's easy to wrap your head around once you realize like API calls. It's pretty fucking powerful. Yeah, Kubernetes is pretty powerful. Uh, I really want to get more in depth. With it. I know Netflix; they released some really cool tool lately called like Margarita Shotgun. Uh, I believe the purpose was just like memory dump collection across Kubernetes clusters. Uh, That that was really interesting to me. Uh, Just tools like that. I I definitely like a chance to look more into it. It's hard to find time though. I hear you. Yeah, especially (laughs) when like you're selling it already. (laughs) Yeah, as a service, as it were. How how intensive would that be though? If you have a Kubernetes cluster that you're using, you know, uh and you you have it running and you want to get memory dumps like right now like is that is that basically grind your cluster to a to a halt or depends on what your infrastructure is i think and i think aws does a damn good job of scaling but yeah go ahead and touch on what you will michael do your moonwalk yeah all right okay yeah so it it, aws has no built-in like feature or functionality for taking a memory dump which I think is the stupidest fucking like not having a feature ever, because e- like even aside from the security perspective, even like devs like do that. Like your application crashes, you're like shit. I gotta do memory forensics, figure out why my shit broke, right? But there's no native way to do it. Like when we're when we're talking about like things like RC three two to seven, where like you need to have like a standardized way of doing something to introduce something as like official or solid evidence like you'd think that the manufacturer of the largest cloud platform in the world would have some easy way for you to just like click a button and dump memory when you can click a button and snapshot you can click a button and do this click a button do that click a button like make your own fucking whatever you know like it's such a simple thing that you'd think they would have done well it's not simple but like like considering what else they've done like you know 
Yeah, you talk about like AWS CLI and what you can and can't do in and out of there. And then um, you think about like one-offs too, which is, it's really weird for me to say, and I know a lot of you are going to fucking hate this, but like Azure does have its one-offs. Um, as far as being, being someone that can provide analytics on response times and web applications and you look at application dynamics, I think that's something that's very crucial to any company that's software as a service specific. And that's something AWS doesn't really have a response to right now. Um, and they each kind of go their own way, but I think AWS is much, you know, catered to infrastructure. And I think Azure caters more so to a dev perspective. And that's a fight that you come across too, is, um, you know, where do you, where do you provide value in each and where, where should your one-offs lie and why, and what's most effective. And that's kind of like where the cloud like hits heads and, you know, they're sitting there jousting with one another, but there's, if, if you're doing it the right way, in my opinion, you're doing cloud infrastructure now, there's no one and done answer for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, it's still so new and like so young, like, for example, when Amazon released workspaces, they didn't even consider once that you might want to like contain a VM that has like a malware infection, like to like stop lateral movement or like prevent shit from worming or whatever. Like they put no thought into that. If you go through the entire AWS workspaces documentation, they don't tell you how to do that. I spent the longest time just nuking people from orbit before I eventually realized you could actually apply like a containment security group to an elastic network interface, which oddly enough, isn't even done through workspaces. It's done through the EC2 console. Um, but like, they, there's a lot of like simple things like that, that they didn't tell anybody about. And I've spent this entire last seven months, just like frantically Googling and uh, like trying to get a hold of someone at Amazon who's actually, I managed to do, um, but they NDA'd me. Uh, so, um, which it was really hard to get a hold of that one guy, but there's literally one guy who will actually call himself a forensics expert and actually said to me, like, factually X or factually Y. Well, and that's like the just. Sorry, go ahead, DNZ. No, I was going to say that's like that's what really bothers me about cloud and fast is um, access controls and like what level of security like it's not something that's actively marketed to and I think that's like why we're why why we're all kind of here collectively like preaching this stuff is because it needs to be like if you can if you can preach security in a cloud and fast that's going to help your market out of hell a lot more than what it currently is. Um, easy use is one thing, yes, but when you're dealing with people that are as detailed as all of us here attending are, I, I see that as being an end game for a cloud provider. Like if someone can do that, it's going to be a nail in the coffin, especially if they can make it easy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like just considering like the risk that like security poses to businesses these days, it, it's, it's like a commodity. Like you can't afford good infosec people, and if you can't afford the one good guy, he's got he's busy training like six others, right? And everyone's busy like researching like simple like one-off things like how do I contain an AWS workspace? The first so five times I, I called them, they said just nuke it. So if I if I if I understand like so what you're saying is like uh, at a base level is you, you've got workspaces, you deploy a new workspace. And it, what throws it into one single VPC or one single subnet or like on a compute instance that you, what can you see and control that compute in, like that VPC or is it just sort of like blind? 
what you're normally doing with VPCs is like allowing inbound and outbound traffic on a VPC too. So you say like, what's allowed, where and why, and whether or not using, you know, your own in-house port traffic, that's a different story, but you can also do that as well via TCP or UDP. So, but I mean, like, so when you have, when we're talking about, um, you know, uh, keeping workstations in containers and stuff, so remove like basically having like an isolated workstation that is not on that has a limited set of resources and can't access the workstations in the VPC along with it or in the subnet along with it. And if you wanted to do that, you'd set up a separate like VPC and security give traffic to go in and out of. Like every goddamn time. Like, so we're talking about like, for, if, if you wanted to do it for every workstation so that workstations couldn't share traffic directly, that's what you'd have to do. You're right. And you're laughing under your voice, but yeah, that's the way it'd be. As of uh, right I'm, now. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm, I'm thinking like, that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge opportunity for them to build something where, you know, you want five developers and you only want the five developers to access Git and not the internet. And they've got to log in from the internet. Like imagine that type of scenario, you know? That's another thing too, though, because you can think about it on different levels. You can think about it on like port or IP traffic. You can think about it on AIM and uh, using AWS CLI to access it. That's, um, it's, it's a smart way to think about it. And, you know, it's one way to not jump into the gun. And it, it's a smart way to analyze what you're doing and why. So Amazon Web Services, I've always thought of it as more like walking into a hardware store and not knowing what you've needed versus like walking into like like somewhere and getting like a screwdriver, which I don't really know where the other somewhere would be. But like, <laughs> like it's really like open. Like there's really like it's just like a whole bunch of shit that they kind of made and they never really gave it a specified purpose and they've kind of left it to you to engineer the solutions and when we're like when i'm thinking about virtualization right like things are often built on top of each other like images get copied around all the fucking time in organizations like I know when we migrated, we like initially we had like segmentation for local admins, right? Like there was a Canadian group and a US group. And then we migrated to workspaces and we just kept those groups, right? And they were available on both systems. So like anyone who had US local admin was a local admin on the same box as anyone with Canadian local admin, which was on the same box as anyone with the new group. And that's just because they just kept copying shit around, right? Like, and that's because there's really no like, single best practices guide well there is but it's shit but like there's really no set best practices or like like, well, like functionality why is this shit it's because like there's no way to really look at it and say like you're using it wrong like because it's just so open-ended is there some way to say like it's not um well like it's it's not correct for this matter or is it because you're like time constrained and you say like this shit because xyz like kind of kind of a bit of both like what i'm saying is like think of concrete right like no one's going to tell you you're using concrete wrong when you're like whether you pour a sidewalk or a road oh, yeah, if you're right? mexican i'm not going to tell you how to pour it so go ahead <laughs> okay but like what i'm saying is like it like think of aws like just like a big fucking thing of concrete right like no one's going to tell you like hey your details of how to do it yeah right like they're just giving you like a toolbox and saying like you can do this you can do this you can do this and if you throw this at the wall you're gonna dent it like so just don't do don't throw shit at the wall right which is you know you're which was but to speak like actual not nonsense right like don't open rdp to the internet right like that's just basic sense 
they wouldn't tell you like leave a work they wouldn't, they wouldn't tell you not to leave a workspace like just running exposed to the internet with like no acls though right like you see what i mean like yeah no that brings me to another question like what do you see as the level of detail to support that you're given or guidance that you're given in a cloud infrastructure do you see it as being effective with aws or do you see that as kind of being the back burner for them is aws effective um, I know well, it's effective. I'm just asking you, like, from a support standpoint, do they yeah. give you damn good keys and things to go off of, or are they schlepped? So, the support team, no. Um, like, the first time I called Amazon Web Services, I'm like, hey, I have this forensics question, and I was having some issues with some memory dumping shit. And the guys were like, I asked the guy, like, do you know someone I could talk to who would be able to give me, like, advice? And he said, like, I don't know what forensics is. Like, he, like, and then I kept, like, going down. I'm like, okay, like, here's what I'm trying to do. Let me explain it differently. Or let me explain it to someone else, maybe. And, like, it just kept getting escalated around and around. And nobody actually would give me an answer. And that so was really familiar to vendor support, right? Yeah, it really is just shit vendor support. But at the same time, to give AWS support credit, uh, last night I had a call with them at like 10 p.m. I was trying to lease privilege an IAM role because uh, I was going to publish my project to GitHub uh, for like some basic like workspace IR automation. And uh, when I was trying to like get the role working, I, was, I had some bug and he managed to help me out pretty quickly. Like he, the guy was knowledgeable and he was able to debug it. But when I'm thinking about it, like he was trained for that, right? Like he's he's got training for debugging IAM role. Yeah, he knows the terminology like, to feed you as far as bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And when it comes to a matter of like forensics, though, which is like more like complicated than a bread box, even to the extent that I, as someone who's here, like trying to talk about it, is barely doing it, right? Yeah. How can I expect support at Amazon, like just some random dude, to be able to do that? It's you can't really like that's what I've come to find out at the end of the day is like you can't you can't sit there and grind on specifics with these people because they don't know exactly what they're doing. And I think that's AWS's like downfall because if you're a very technical person and you're asking very technical questions, they don't have a response for you. They're gonna give you something general and something that's full of shit. Um and I've been using it for I, I don't know, like three or four years now. And uh that's what I've come to find out is like a lot of the time you just kind of get passed around and you get fed up with it and you end up closing something that shouldn't be closed or something that, you know, should yeah. be left open. Yeah. Like I, I grew up in like the cloud generation. Right. So like I, I barely even remember a time before cloud. So this is just like secondhand to me. Like it was like second nature. Like, like I, I grew up in AWS. Right. So it's always just been like, one of those things that's just there for me and it's always just been the same. I haven't seen an improvement in AWS's quality of service since I actually remember using AWS. You know, that's a damn good point to like bring up because yeah, like where do they grow from here and what do they do? Because like I feel the same way you do. There's a lot of times where I ask for very specific things and nobody can provide me an answer and I get passed around between like three to four different texts and nobody, nobody. knows. And it bothers the fuck out of me, to be honest. And I think it's important that we're on Twitch as a platform because I think this is something that they'll actually, you know, hopefully at some point take to heart. But um, it bothers me from a technical standpoint that these people aren't trained to a granular knowledge of being in one specific service or one specific product. And I've had people that have um, worked with me 
individually who have like been passed on and they work on their specific products. So the way that Amazon does things is they'll have a team of like 10 to 20 people and they'll have a team of 10 to 20 people that know exactly what the fuck they're doing. But when you're dealing with support as a whole, or you're dealing with trying to adopt something, it's, it becomes a rough time. Yeah. Like I'm very lucky that I have contacts now at AWS that I can like reach out to and like ask those questions, but that's not the case for everybody else. Right. And, and that's like, kind of what I was hoping to get out of this project I've been working on is like once I leave this place, which I actually did accept a new offer recently. So I'm going to be leaving in the coming months. Um, but I want to like leave with this published because like I want somebody to at least be able to Google for like these basic things that AWS support hasn't covered. Right. And that's the importance of having a personal blog as well as what you're saying um, is first how you translate terminology and what people adopt. Like I, I think that's very important. And I think that anybody listening that has half a fucking brain should be posting their own content for the good damn reason of having other people understand what they're going through and, you know, the rough growing pains or scaling or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, not even that. One thing you might want to take an opportunity to do is plug your uh, blog or site uh, that you're going to be posting this on pretty soon. Uh, I would plug my site, but I'm almost pretty sure that my HTTPS cert is invalid right now, so I'm not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> okay, we'll post it afterwards. <laughs> Thank you. And you're good there, because to be honest, I understand the day grind and it's a fucking shit show. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was too fucking stupid to set up, like, Let's Encrypt Auto Renew, which is like a one-liner cron job, and now every three months when I need it for one time, I'm like, oh, shit, uh, I shouldn't use this if I don't want to look like a dick. <laughs> look like a dick anyway, it's fine, it's all growing soon. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another thing, like, I just want to put this out there, like, for anyone listening, like, if you have the chance to speak up about these common uh, mistakes, like, definitely do it and be very vocal. Like, my help desk, they, when I came here, the first day, I looked through all of their docs and, like, why the fuck are we giving out view connection server details? This should be, like, printed on a card and given to you at your <laughs> desk, right? And they're like, oh, so you can Google it. Like, so that other fucking people can Google it too? like why and that's something that you, i don't just see at one place i see it at so many places if you're looking for some easy shit to pwn like don't bother going through the like the complicated methods just uh what's it called like just google like for help desk documentation to see what you can find um this was this was one of the first things that i learned about like before i was even like technical per se like I was reading some like some stories about like hacking in the nineties and they all, their first step was always like go through help desk documentation. Cause there's always so much information there. Uh, and once you have that basic information, like view connection servers it's so easy to fish for credentials and just log in through the front door that people don't often log. Like it, it's literally just like fucking walking in. So like, yeah, if you see these things, like, call it out like because then no, you call out and you should call it out and to be honest i uh i appreciate you as being an aws you know admin engineer whatever you want to say about it um it's important oh, that people like you are in front of the front line with others such as myself and provide guidance and give people the uh good grasp of terminology or even entry level that they should have as far as migrating to something better as far as not being able to rely on you know simple hardware configurations or um failover clusters or 
you know, whether it be VMware, Hyper-V Stacks, whatever they have. Um, uh, yeah, I appreciate you and the content you have to post. So I would very much so appreciate if you would post your own blog and uh, pump what you do. Yeah, I, I do have a blog. I definitely will be writing some stuff up um, just when I get around to it. Um, yeah, we'll make sure to post it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else was I going to say? Uh, yeah, well, explaining VDI to users, it, it can be hard. Um, sometimes you got to make up like stupid analogies. Uh, I, I think I spoke earlier about like how my users are like powering down their thin clients, uh, expecting it to have the same effect as uh, like powering down a physical machine. Like nobody was able to explain it to them before I came to this place because they were looking for like a not stupid explanation. And unfortunately, sometimes you just got to give stupid problems, stupid answers. Like I called it a mirror box. Uh, like this one guy, he he just couldn't like caught, wrap his head around anything, right? And like this is a mirror box. When you look at this screen, you're just looking at a mirror. Your computer is like way the fuck in Virginia, bro. Like just let me do the hard stuff. Just do what I'm telling you. You're gonna have an easy time, right? And like what like once I said that to him, like that like that bluntly, it just made sense to him because he just started just doing it and he didn't even notice like the difference, right? Uh, but sometimes like when you're looking to give a really professional explanation of something, it, it's harder. It, it's like significantly harder. And like, sometimes like it, it takes that one like teenage asshole like me who will just tell you, yo, it's a mirror box. You're not looking at it. Just fucking click the buttons before people will get it. And you're not the asshole either. Like, <laughs> yeah. honest, that, like that like reflects back on what we were talking about earlier and like what i think the bigger problem is is being generational gaps and being able to put this shit as simply as possible on a technical level that you can think of and passing it on to other people and even these other people like you, you know you could put it as simplistic in your own head as you fucking want to be um but the, t the point is like in the time we're growing up and the, the fact is that people have capitalized as as a service like they don't actually grasp what the fuck you're doing or what the fuck you're saying. So it doesn't matter how simple you put it. Like we, we can think it's the easiest thing, you know, this is, this is sliced cake for you. Like go ahead and pass it on if you want, but it's, it's so like demoralizing and it fucking beats you up inside because you, you, you know, you, you produce documentation for people or you give people documentation that you think is like the best thing they've ever seen and they can't even comprehend it. Yeah, that like when people don't read the docs either, that really fucking pisses me off. Uh, like I wrote a full book in Confluence. Like so, when I when I came to this place, they had all of their run books and shit that yeah, were and all written. Of a sudden, like, you're an artist, right? Yeah, and like all of a sudden, like literally, I've written this novel and I've told them all these great things. When I leave, I know I'm like it's gonna I'm gonna get audited, right? Because like we get audited like quarterly. Uh, eventually someone's going to ask, like, where did this guy go? Why aren't we following these procedures? Like, just fucking read. It's so basic, right? Like, and when users don't do it, that's one thing. When an engineer doesn't do it, that's another thing. But, like, when you're actually, like, looking for a solution to a problem in a time that you need it, and you're not willing to go to the one place that everything is documented first, you know, it kind of makes me wonder, like, what's going on in your head, like, no, that's true. That's very true. So I want to ask you a personal question, and this is sure. something you have to give me an answer to, but where do you see yourself in five years? 
Um, Are you still working for other people being the key? So that's a tricky question because like my like in a professional setting i have always said like i don't know because i don't want to like close down doors in my career but yeah like here's the thing though like i don't consider myself like a professional anything right like literally two years ago i wasn't infosec i was just some guy that knew how to use computers but at the same time you're talking to us about pc over ip to a cloud so you should think about this yeah Right. Um, so where do I actually see myself? I've always envisioned in a few years I'd own a business of some kind. Uh, when I was younger, I owned, I dabbled in some other businesses. Like I used to like flash like stolen phones and like resell them, like things like that. Um, but yeah, but, like I, I don't really know like where I'm going to end up. Like literally there's a point where I was like homeless, like on the streets and I had no choice but to do IR. Right. And I ended up working at a telco, like the biggest one in the country. So I, I really can't tell you where I'm going to end up. And that happens too. But how do you feel internally as far as what you know and what you've learned? Internally, I got to be honest, I'm fucking pissed off. Like computers aren't even fun anymore. Yeah. Like, there used to be this time where like when I was doing like game modding and stuff, like it was actually fun. And like, I actually, like if I seen a bug and I fixed it or like if I broke something, I laughed about it, but now I'm just like, huh, shit. Okay. It's the usual. Like, it's what you've come to expect, right? From, you know, a layer perspective or whatever yeah. you're deploying. Kind of like when you're, uh, you're like on a website and you accidentally SQL injection and you like, you see that there's like error logging, you see the query and shit and you're like, Oh fuck! I actually just wanted to get to the article. Yeah, um, funny story. Like that actually happened to me one time. I was trying to do a SQL injection one time uh, to like demonstrate something, like to some dev at work, and I ended up some like fucking dev. Yeah, and I actually fucked up like what I was trying to do with SQL, but I found XSS, like in my mistake. Like, it's just things like that that make me, like, really depressed. And, like, it makes you cringe, wanna... man, because, like, yeah, I do, like, red, I do red teaming and I do, uh, like, automation, too. And uh, I, I can tell you guys, like, straight up, I ran a fucking pen test on a site today and I was going through it and I found 60 fucking pages that were, you know, susceptible to cross-site scripting. And it's so, like, it's so demeaning. Like, you, you, you wonder why the fuck you're sitting in this seat right now and why the fuck you were the one that came across this and, you know, why you're trying to reinvent the wheel when no one else is. Yeah, um, like, when... Sorry, uh, I actually forgot my comment. Blacked, <laughs> oh. if you will. Hey, so there's a question from Twitch for you, then. There's, uh... Michael Jackson, are you in a position where you have creative control over your projects at work? Or no, you just sort of... Uh, yeah, actually, I'm in a very good position at work. So um, just if from an organizational structure and from like an actual like, how do I say it, like social structure. So I don't report directly to anybody in the IT or software department, like even the C-level executives. I report directly to a C-level executive. So I can actually say whatever the fuck I want. Um, like I work in a financial in the middle of financial districts. Like, when you think about, like, lame companies, this is one of the most average companies you could work for. I show up in jeans every day. Everyone knows me as, like, the teenager who does crazy shit with computers. 
Um, I'm usually pretty fucking blem in the morning still from the night before, right? I show up at like 10, but I work pretty late. Um, as far as projects, I literally just get up and like just do whatever the hell I want. Like this one day I decided to wake up and just do asset inventory. So I, I just went to work at like, it was like 2 a.m. or something. And everyone walks in the next day and they see everything's like torn up. Like the closets are emptied. Like I have shit on the floor everywhere. I look like a madman, but like overnight I completely did like an asset inventory of one site and it was just completely, completely random. But the shit that I found laying around was just absurd. And I posted it in the Slack the whole time and I'm like tagging the chief information officer. Like, did you know there's a molding sandwich mixed in with all this computer gear and like, I'm just like, this is box, right? And there's like RAM sticks and like crap like that in there, like cables. I just shoved my hand in to like, and like to like empty it and like lift stuff up and like throw it on the floor. And I touched something weird. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I, I'm like pulling it apart, right? Like, look like I'm like digging through shit. And I found a moldy sandwich in this <laughs> box of computer gear. Like, this is the type of stuff that you deal with in, like, an actual IT organization. Like, you, you pick up that sandwich and you think, man, the pass guide must have been at least 300 yeah. pounds. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, like, things like that. Like, I, I just randomly do it. And then, like, and I'll call people out on their bullshit, too. Like, I got in an argument with somebody in Slack one day. And I just roasted them and just made them look like a douche, right? Because, like, I didn't even know how else to respond to them. So You did the it while you were slacking, so it makes yeah. it more merrier. Yeah, like, so, like, I can I can do a lot. I'm really free. Um, but at the same time, I am trapped. Like, I feel like I'm selling my youth to a company that it doesn't matter. To do you get, yeah, yeah. Do you but, get centered in on, like, specific issues or problems, do you feel like? A lot of the what, time? what do you mean? Like, I, um, I don't know, for instance, like I was dealing with VSS today and like VSS writers and dealing with just backup and redundancy. Oh, problems. do you mean like, do um, I get like shit to do like daily? Like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, uh, is there stuff that's put on your plate that isn't the most end game or the most beneficial to you as a person or as an employee? Oh, 100%. Like, like I'm the email admin, the DNS admin. Uh, some like five other admins and it's just because I'm the only one that knows how that shit works and it sucks like people like we, we, implement, we implemented Mimecast right and it was a really solid deployment uh, shout out to my colleague who did it what do you use um, for that hardware wise can I ask you because like this is stuff I've kind of dealt with so I'll, I'll kind of dick into you a little bit where I can but for Mimecast yeah it's just cloud like SaaS okay yeah, but we did we did mime, Mimecast and the users don't understand it. When you start fucking with their emails, they get pretty upset, right? <laughs> and but we were the ones who wanted Mimecast, so now I'm the email admin, and people they'll congratulations, not you've been promoted with no bonus. Yeah, like they'll be in like some email thread with like five other companies, right? And company one's supposed to send us these documents. And they always, the way that people send, that's another issue, like to get down, but like the way people send documents to each other in the business world, it literally reads like a phishing email. Yeah, um, like Dropbox, but, bro? Yeah, no, literally, they'll be like, please see the oh, relative I know, I know. I'm saying that like, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm not bullshitting you. <laughs> but uh, what I was getting down with, with that, um, so like, yeah, just because we're the ones who implemented Mimecast, now I'm the fucking email admin. And like, people, they'll lose their, 
like emails or they won't receive it in the next five seconds after they heard they'd get it. And they're like, oh, it's it's the mime cast. Who Justin, fix the mime cast. Right? Like that's not like what I want to be doing, but like that's fix it. the mime cast. It's not because I'm a fucking retard. It's because yeah. you fucked something up. Yeah, like it's not fucking broken. This is how it's intended to work. Read my documentation. Read the email I sent to you. Well, I can't you how read. Work. Where do you send me? Is there a SharePoint server you have stood up? I'll I'll give you fucking Braille card. You can like rub that shit. <laughs> I love it, man. I love how I can relate to you so easily. It's fucking. It's genuine as fuck. I'm not shitting on you by any means. I just know that well, you've been through you. the same bullshit. So. Yeah, because, like, everyone's got to go through, like, you know, I remember when I was really young, I used to, like, watch these videos of, like, the InfoSec rock stars, like, like, talk about shit, and it was, like, I wouldn't even watch TV or whatever the hell other people watched at the time, I was just watching these videos, and I'd hear people talk about InfoSec, and I'm like, man, this is going to be such a dandy field to work in, but, like, hell no, hell no. Mm. Like, unless you're, like, some CISO or some, like, useless charlatan person that they just pay as a scapegoat, you're not having fun. Once you're having fun in InfoSec, that means your ass is a fucking scapegoat or you're an intern. Yeah, you're in the wrong. Like, and I think that's another important standpoint. Like, um, I went to DEF CON for the first time this year, and I've been working in um, information security and information technology for the past, like, decade. So I I go to this, and... um, I see what all the talks are about and I see what all the people have to say. Um, and to be honest, it's more persona and flex than anything. Like I, I think that what really fucking sucks is that um, a lot of these people are extroverted to the point where they're so fucking numb that they can produce information. Um, and what they say is valued to other people because of how young these people are. And that really bothered the fuck out of me. And um, I'm not like a sp- speaker and i probably won't ever be because i just i find it so demeaning as far as what these people say and what they produce um it's just general practice to me do you feel the same way is there something that you feel like you could uniquely produce to an audience on such a structure or i will call out bullshit and i will talk exactly like i'm talking here um like as as, in case you couldn't tell i'm not a speaker um i've um, but i couldn't tell you fooled me damn yeah damn um yeah but like it's just the honesty of it right like some of the best talks i've seen are the people who are being straight up honest with their audience and they're not the the ones who aren't trying to look like some genius hacks or pro whatever the hell you want to be uh like really it's just like, like the honesty like on a technical content level i i think i could do anything that i dedicate myself to and that i put my time to and i put my like heartfelt effort in so i i don't think that like there's any one field or any one subject that i wouldn't be able to eventually get around to uh kind of the reason i like ir is because i get to do so much random shit all the time but really i i'm just gonna do the same thing and if people like what i offer then great you can have it. Right, then roll with it, man. But to be honest, like I feel like nothing as far as what was produced or what was given as far as content was um, valuable, per se. I figure it was all basic knowledge that you know I've known for a long time. And maybe that's my own fault because I, I never went to college. I've learned this stuff from 
a very young age. So like yeah, what people I, I were saying and preaching about was just total garbage to me. Yeah, like I went to, I don't go to cons usually. There's one con I've I always frequent Circle City Con. Um, but there was this one group of people I was hanging out with and I, I was just like read only mode that time. Like I, I didn't want to deal with like CDFs or anything. Like I just wanted to chill with people and just like get drunk and like go home. Right. And I was talking to this one guy who was speaking and someone asked him like why he's speaking. And he's like, because I want to show everybody that I am the best red teamer in the entire industry. And I'm That's like, a fucking well, meme in itself. Yeah. And like, I didn't want to call him out because like he's working at some big name company and he probably could like do circles around me. But like, I knew it was bullshit. Right. And I didn't I go to like- the talk. <laughs> I feel like the guy who is the best red teamer in the whole goddamn world doesn't say anything about it. Yeah, well, like why fair, the fuck you know, you know what? I gotta interrupt. Exactly. I gotta interrupt. I gotta drop a name. Um, one researcher, someone out of Oklahoma. He's gonna go to prison for the next like ten fucking years. But he built a bot night around and actually attacked Coinbase and he's actually a very good fucking friend of mine. And I think it's total bullshit given these circumstances and morality of what he's doing now versus what he had done in the past. Um, being 20 years of age now and being 16 when he had built this thing, um, it's, it's fucking demoralizing, man. Like you see people grow up like this, just wanting to like make a difference and do the best that they can. And um, it's really yeah. fucked up to see what the judicial system does to them and the example that they make. And he's someone that will probably like never actually be anything in our eyes but he's someone that's a visionary he's someone that saw an opportunity and took it for what it was and being at that age and not having the moral standpoint or moral compass that he was given is it's pretty fucked up man it's it's fucked up to see someone locked up for the wrong fucking reasons yeah i let me talk to that a bit actually um first off uh peace to the homie uh, i hope i wish him the best uh, but secondly I think when you're persecuting kids for things that they did when they were kids, that is really fucked up. And like InfoSec should be calling people out for that. Uh, like there's, there's like a huge divide between like the hacking world and like InfoSec world these days, like the, the actual InfoSec people, they need to start like calling out bullshit like that more. And, you know, you see people that are like, Oh, you can't do the, t- the crime. You can't do the time. Don't do the crime. And or like, like oh you shouldn't be using your skills for bad purposes like shit like that like yeah but like i had no comprehension of what i was doing when i was a kid uh let me tell you a story so when i was a kid uh in high school i found some bug in some website that let me get a whole bunch of pii for a bunch of the people in my uh, region and actually this thing is most of my district and <laughs> i just never did anything about it i, I was just like cool i'm a hacker Right. And then like a year later, I did this hackathon and I made some cool Python script. And my buddy at the time, who was like way older than me, like 30, uh, he we were just like chilling. We put it on GitHub and eventually some local company, they wanted to like write off content and like they wanted to like talk about how they helped us out and all that crap. And so, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Uh, next, fast forward a bit. And I end up at this huge party. And it's this huge party with a whole bunch of professional people in like a professional setting. And there's an open bar. And I was 16 at the time. And everyone else is like solid, like don't even cart them old enough, right? 
So naturally, I didn't get carded at the bar. And this is the first time I even drank. And I got shit-faced. And I got pulled aside by somebody who was introducing me to somebody else. They wanted to offer me a job, actually. And they're like, so what have you done? I'm like, so I completely fucking pwned this one, this one shit, right? And like, I just kept running my mouth. I had no clue who I was talking to, but it was actually the CTO of that same company. So like, just, just on that note, right? Like, this um, is the way shit happens though. Like, yeah. Especially in the InfoSec space. Like, yeah. You're yeah. Not like, wrong here. I was just some dumbass kid at the time, right? Like I didn't know what I was doing. And fast forward to when I was at the telco, I actually met somebody who got fired over that. And they barely like, like if they, if they spoke to me for long enough, they might've eventually figured out that like, it was me. Like they're asking me the right questions because like, it was just like literally like an in-person thing. But when you look at their LinkedIn, um, someone who hired them and they worked with closely was also at that company and left the same time. And they had a history of like getting each other jobs. And like you like see it just by like the history of like when someone like starts a position and then they bring on the other person starts a position, right? And like they switch jobs and like things like that. You can just like it was just a pattern. You can just see it. It's like obvious. So like I knew this person, and I was like, shit, you probably got fired over that because I a significant amount of people got fired because that guy was embarrassed. Um, now. That was just some dumb shit I did when I was a kid, right? I didn't fucking understand the implications of that. And I certainly didn't expect that to follow me uh, years down the road. Uh, so learning from that, uh, if you're listening out, just shut the fuck up. That's the best advice I can give you. Um, you don't need to boast about anything. The second you start thinking about boasting about something, it's probably not worth worth boasting about. Um, but I, I, I think it's... I think it's um... And I don't mean to correct you, but I think it's worth boasting about in the proper sense. So if you're working for yourself or if you have things that should be exploited or if you have things that you think is best practice or things that should be adopted, I, I think that that's a very strong feel for working for yourself and doing your own thing. I think that what's really fucked up about InfoSec and college degrees and going through schooling is you end up just working for the man and you learn to shut the fuck up. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. Yeah, you're right, but in a different perspective. Um, so, like, what I mean is don't say things that you would regret and don't say things that you wouldn't say to your mother, for example. Yeah, probably Only give things to your boss that you want to give to your mother. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> like, that, that's, some, that's the best way to phrase it. Um, so you're right. Like if you're working for yourself, like you gotta be vocal about what you're doing. Cause like, how else are you going to get attention? Like if your source of income is GoFundMe or Patreon or whatever, you gotta be talking about that stuff or you're not making any fucking money. But at the same time, like if you did some like simple skid shit and you got like a hundred people's user ID and password and yeah, whatever. Yeah, don't talk about that. Cause you always want to be in the legal, you know, the legal right sense of things. You don't want to be in the negative light of what's going on. I think exactly. what this is trying to say is shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what you want to talk about like arrogant. So like my family actually were lawyers. So like, there was this point in my childhood where I'm like, fuck, shit's not going to happen to me. I'm a minor and my family's in the law business. I am A-OK. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And hmm. yeah, that, that was not a good idea. I think there yeah. was a, there's a, 
I don't know where it came from. You can't be famous and infamous at the same time. It's very true. Um, well, yeah, dude. Hey, it's um, it's eleven thirty here. Um, it's time to wrap up the show. But I really want to thank you guys for, or thank you, um, Michael Jackson, for coming on here. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been a really um, interesting episode. I've been having a lot of fun listening to you and Zuff um, shoot the shit. So I hope you come back and and join us more because um, we we need people like you on here. Thanks. Yeah, you guys know how to reach me if you ever want me to just come and ramble again. Uh, no, you're, you're coming back next week. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I do watch the show. Like I've been watching the. I was in some IRC actually when you guys were like talking about it. I don't know what happened to the IRC now, but uh, like it's a pretty good show. I like it. We'll PM me the details about the IRC. Oh, um, sweet. Thanks. But yeah, but thanks everybody for for coming out. So this has been an awesome show. We'll um, definitely get your your information, your blog, um, when you update your cert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to message me or ask for like Twitter or whatever, I don't mind giving it out. Just I just do case by case. Just like message me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so everybody else who's here who's still listening, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks to you also for for you know watching for a new way of doing things. Uh, switching to just Twitch for now. Um, new layouts, which I'm going to be. I have to finish writing the script to do our our music, um, but. Yeah, thanks everybody for participating in our chat and just being cool all around. Um, next week we'll have Freck uh, coming on to talk about securing DevOps pipelines. I'm doing a lot of DevOps stuff lately, so it's up your alley too. But um, welcome. <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, we'll be doing next week. Wait, what? CICDs next week. Yep, CICDs. Um, so yeah, that'll be really awesome. So. For now, though, you guys can see our links at the bottom of the uh, screen there. We are on all of those uh, platforms, Twitter, uh, get, get at us on Patreon, um, as well as Instagram, Snapchat, and we do have a Pornhub. So <clears throat> you guys can come in and chat with us however you like to. Um, shout out to all of our Patreon supporters, uh, Mel Cookies, Harmony, uh, Rob Pointers, and uh, Archer, Sterling Archer. Thanks to everybody who subbed to today. Um, yeah, we oh, yeah. Subs be... today. We should uh, add that to the script so that we can thank people as they do that. that would oh yes, we will. Yeah, all this stuff is just is very proof of concept and boilerplate. I wrote it over the weekend, and we'll be. Uh, you know, tell us also if you guys are on any of these uh, platforms you're on. Tell us if you did like or didn't like aspects of our new stream setup and everything, and uh, we'll listen to you. So. Yeah, but you did a damn good job, so pat yourselves on the back. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, all right, everybody, thank you very much. We will see you next time. Good night. All participants of this.